There's a lot of things happening in the earth right now. Many of you, no doubt, have heard the, uh, the outbreak of revival. They're calling it revival at Asbury College. Now I understand it's, it's, it's breaking out in Ohio uh, Christian College. Uh, it's beginning to happen. And it all started from my understanding of just a chapel service or a prayer meeting. And, and then this thing has never stopped. The glory of God came in. And, and the reality is nobody wanted to leave. And I, if, I, if I'm hearing what is happening all right, they're just going around the clock, continuing to worship and seek the face of God as young people are upon their face, bowing before the Lord, humbling themselves before God. Supernatural things are happening. But I want to say to you, I, I really believe God is moving in all the earth. And I want to make sure that everybody in this house understands something about revival. There's not one place got the market on what God is doing. I believe the Lord is doing more than what you can ever imagine. Right now, I'm a part of a mission agency, World Mission and Evangelism. In the, in the country of Honduras, ten, tens of thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. As I've shared with you about Damien, what is happening in Argentina, what is happening in the Islamic countries of the world that we don't even hear about. Things are happening all over the world. Matter of fact, there's so many different uh, demonstrations of revival from, from denominational churches encountering the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God like they've never seen to one place that sets up a tent and have regular deliverance meetings every night and it's so foreign and so strange to them. So there's not one manifestation, I believe, in this hour uh, of what revival is. But I'm here to declare something. You may not feel it and you may not see it, but I believe there's something happening right here in this very place that God just wants you and I to open up our heart and just start yielding to Him and say, God, I'm here. I'm ready to receive everything that you have. I believe it with all my heart. My brother called me the other day, and, or actually yesterday, and was telling me, he said, have you heard? Have you heard? And I said, of course, like everybody else, everybody's posting everything they can. And I said, yeah, Bob, I have seen it, but this is one thing I'm doing. And I, I hope that I'm not sounding sacrilegious or anything. I am not chasing. I am not going to drive this country to find revival. I'm not chasing another meeting or another movement because I've heard the word of the Lord that God said, I'm moving right here in Christ Church of the Heartland. And that's what I'm after. Right here at Christ Church. Now I'm not opposed to you going anywhere if you want to do that. But I'm telling you, as long as you and I are looking other, other places, you're going to miss what God is doing right here at Christ Church. That's why we're doing what we're doing. I've been praying so much. I'm going to go back for just a minute and touch our vision statement and, and press just a little bit further for just a few moments and then baptism. But, but I, I really feel every time that I go before the Lord, my prayer is simply this. God, I don't want to miss you. I don't want to be in anything that you're not in. Lord, if we're missing it, if we're whatever, God, I want you to show me. You've got to talk to me. That's why I've shut a lot of the feet off and what everybody else is saying out there. Because it's too easy to say that's it and we're missing what God's doing here. 
And every time I go, he keeps showing me the same thing. Vision, I see a harvest coming. I see a massive harvest gathering themselves together. But they're not coming to a great meeting as you and I would know a great meeting. They're coming because they're helpless and they're hopeless. And I believe they're coming because they believe that there's somebody here is going to be able to give them the hope that they are looking for. Come on, church. I believe that with all my heart. And God keeps speaking to me. I'm preparing you for harvest. I'm preparing you for harvest. How many knows as we looked at the generation up here. That there's a different responsibility upon the grandparents than it is the parents now. Total different responsibility. They get to enjoy. They get to spoil. They get to do all that stuff and then send them back home. But then there's a different responsibility for, for the parents. And it is with every, every child. You, you know this, when, when, when new ones come into the kingdom, when brand new ones come in the Lord, we've all got this idea they're grown up. But they're not. And they need attention just like Mia does. She don't even know how to ask for what she needs. I got, we got little Maverick. We've had, we had three of our grandkids with us last night. He can't talk like JC does. He really can. He does a lot of sign language right now. And we kind of have to, and we look at each other. What does he want? Because he knows he needs something. And many times this is the first thing that happens with that boy. They'll tell you when he comes to my house, he'll walk in, walk over to the couch, and he'll pat the seat cushion. You know what he wants? He wants Papa to come set with him. But he's really not wanting Papa. He's wanting what Papa has. He's wanting my phone that he can play. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the reality there. Every time he comes in, every time, isn't it? Every, I can go to their house and he'll go. As soon as he sees me walk in, he'll come and pat the couch. Papa, I need some fellowship with you. I need, I need what you got. See, he don't really know what he needs. And that's where we as a church have got to mature in a sense. Yes, we all want the moment. We want the thrill of the moment. But what we don't want is the work of the moment. I want to enjoy the grandkids, but I don't want the work of it. Come on, somebody. I want the work. I want our church to be everything that God wants it to be. I want the thrill of watching miracles happen. I, and that is thrilling. Believe me. But listen, if true revival, when it really comes to maturity, church, it isn't about a thrill anymore. It's about the labor and the work to minister to those whom God is transforming before us. Whom he has put into our arms as Mia was put into the arms of Jack and Mariana for us to love them and encourage them and nurture them and help grow them up. So I, wanna, I, I want you to understand that we're in a process. I believe God. Well, Pastor, I, this is what I want. Listen, I want what God wants. Every one of us to say, I want what God wants. I want to follow the Lord until it goes opposite of what I want. 
And you have to understand, I believe us as pastors and leaders, that we're doing our best to follow the Lord. It's looked different. We've been having that prophesied over us for years. May I tell you this, freedom, you know, Pentecostal charismatics love freedom. And we think freedom is to do anything and everything that we want. But that's really not where power is. It's not in that. But it's really the more that we have focused ourselves before the Lord. And said, God, what do you want from us? How do you want us to function? How do you want us to flow? I don't know why I'm saying all that, but I guess you needed it. So let me find my card. I've asked him to put. We've been declaring to you from the beginning of January. This is why we exist. Is to bring everyone. I think they're going to put them up. There it is. We want to lead people to a life within the fullness of Christ. You know, we heard the Lord say this morning that he's the healer of the brokenhearted, the songs that were sung, everything that was taking place. I've got news for you. God didn't come to make you religious. He didn't send his son to give us a morning that we would go to church, but he gave us a morning that we could come before him, learn of him, grow in him, worship him so that we can enjoy the life he always intended for us to live. It just doesn't happen because you say you're a believer. Hello? It just doesn't happen. I know a lot of believers been in church all their life. They're still as addicted, still as bound up, still as whatever as they ever, as anybody else they would point their fingers at. But I believe there's a life within the, within the fullness of Christ. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I believe God wants you whole in your relationships. This is Valentine's Day month. In two days, Valentine, guys, hope you haven't forgot. Hope, yeah, I, I'm reminding myself. I hope we haven't forgot. But it's really about relationship, whether you're married or whether you're not married. Listen, this whole month really is about relationship. That we all ought to take a great look at what is going on. Some of you want a great teaching or some great ministry on relationship. I'll give them a free, I'll give them a free commercial free chapel all month. Jensen Franklin's team is doing a whole series all month long on relationship. I think it would pay you to go back last week and listen to Levi Lusco. Today, Pastor Jensen is speaking. Next week, I believe it is Jimmy Evans. And listen to the messages that are coming forth about relationship. God wants us in a relationship. He wants us whole. You are right, Miss Diana. God isn't just looking for us to come. He wants us to fellowship, relate with Him. But there's wholeness within God. I believe God wants us healed. I believe He wants us well. I'm talking about, I'm talking about real health. I believe God wants us prosperous. I believe God wants our, our relationships to be in such a way that everything is reflecting His goodness and His faithfulness to us. We laid out some, some values that we believe is very important to the moment of which we're in. Here's our core values because they begin to define and shape what we are and how we lead and serve. You can't go into a group of people like this that everybody has an idea. Pastor, I think this is what we ought to do. If I'd done that every time somebody come to me, we would spin like a top. 
Right now, we're not trying to do 50 different things. We're not even trying to do five things. We're trying to take a few things that we believe is important to the church, to the body, and to the vision, and we want to become as excellent with them right now as we possibly can because we believe we've got a harvest together. It's like somebody went to Arby's. How many's ever seen an Arby's commercial recent? You know, Arby's commercial is, we got meat. I heard somebody went to Arby's recently. I don't know if it was here or somewhere else. They ordered a sandwich and the, the little lady that was taking their order said, sorry, we don't have that meat. But wait a minute, your commercial says. Now, why don't they have the meat if that's what they're declaring? And there's a lot of time that's what the church has been doing. We're declaring that we have all this, but in reality, we're a little bit empty because we've refused to look at what we really have. Hello, are you okay? So we begin to lay out some core values. Here they are. The first one is we keep Jesus at the very center. Church, I want to tell you, it's not Zach, it's not Pastor Val, it's not Adrian or any of the others that are in this room. Nobody else is going to be the transformer of a life, but it's the Jesus that is in us and the Jesus that we teach, the Jesus that we preach, the Jesus that we serve. Not religion, not activity that we do. It's all about Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about Jesus. Here's our next one. We are spirit-led. We are spirit-led. I believe what we did this morning was following the leading of the Holy Ghost. But it may, it may look like that from time to time. But you got to have another understanding. If I've sought the Lord about this service, if my team people have sought the Lord about this service, it doesn't matter if I have a moment like what we just had to bring people to the altar. We're being spirit-led. If my worship people are, are looking and asking God, God, what do we need to do today? I have to believe they're being led of the Spirit. Because this, I don't know how many times, I don't sit down with them, tell them what I want. I don't know how many times they have worship team. This has been a great part of this church for years. That they'll sing songs and I'm thinking, wow, you guys don't know how in tune you really are this morning. Not that I shouldn't have expected anything less. But we are trying our best and believing that we are following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Here's the second one or the third one. We are better together. We were never meant to do this thing by ourselves and you were never meant to do it alone. And if you're trying to do life without the body, without the church, then you're separated from the body and there's no life source there. Every one of us in this room bring a supply, whether you believe that or not. Everybody in this room brings a supply. I was going to do an illustrated sermon. I didn't have time to get to it. Or I just didn't take the time. And I noticed a week ago, Wednesday, we had this ice come through. Sleet was everywhere. My driveway, like yours in this parking lot, was covered up like this. All of a sudden, the days come. You know, it quit. And started melting. We had it pushed out there and it was piled up. And, uh, and because we didn't know if it was going to get warm enough to melt anything. And so as it got pushed up, it piled up. And I noticed something around town. I can take you to several piles of ice right now. A week and a half later. 
Even after it's not snowed, even after the temperature has got up to nearly 60 degrees, even after we've had several inches of rain, it's still hanging out out there. But it's only hanging out in a pile. If it was a little patch all by itself, it's gone. But the pile, there's a principle in there. There's an illustration. Listen, we're a lot harder to overtake when we are together than when we are separated from one another. Look at your neighbor and say, we're better together. Here's the next one. We believe without limits. We believe that God has the best for our church. I'm believing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Listen, I, I guess I let down my belief at the beginning when we done the vision offering. I didn't know if you guys would jump on that or not. I just said, Lord, I feel this. This is how I live. This is how we operate. And whether you did or not, I was going to do it. And then as I prayed about it, I said, God, it'd be nice if we could give 25000 away off the top of this year. That's where I was. But you know what God did? And we even took a few months, a few services, and we didn't even announce it. But God went further, far exceeding what we were able to think. I believe God was showing me, I'm able to do this thing. I'm able. And we've proved it around this church for year after year, month after month. Not only do we believe without limits, let's go. We honor. We honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. Listen, when we're talking about honor, we're talking about God having His place and His respect. But also, if we don't honor on this level to realize that we need each other and that you carry a supply and you carry something for the body, then I'll not be able to receive it. We're getting rid of that old church spirit that barks and, and that, that, you know, wants to yell, yell and wants to talk about everybody. I, I believe everybody in this place is a gift from God and you've got something to give into the family and into the kingdom that God wants to use hello look at your neighbor and say we honor matter of fact why don't you just say hey I honor you let's go to the next one we pursue excellence we pursue excellence I told you a while ago we're not going to be satisfied we'll just get by I heard somebody say I was in a worship conference, me and Diane, a few weeks ago. And there was another church preaching these same values to some degree. And she said something a pastor did that caught my attention. She says, excellence inspires. I thought, wow, that was good. I've got to remember that. To bring that. Excellence isn't perfection. Excellence isn't performance, although it can have the appearance. Although it might look that way, excellence says, I've come in with the very best that I can. I just got to ask you, you don't have to answer me, but how many of you came with an excellent spirit this morning? I don't lie. That means you just didn't show up. You came with something. You come to be a participator. I'm coming to give my all. I, I prepared myself. We're stretching everybody. They're stretching me. This team is being stretched. You know, well, pastor, we're just going to get in the flow. I've lived that way. And I, I've done that way a lot of times. And I believe God has been gracious. But, but there's a time that we got to do it differently. My clock back there says 1120. See, I know what somebody said. Pastor, take your time. 
I appreciate that. And I'm taking all the time that I can get. But there comes a moment you've clocked out. And you got to keep in mind, we're trying to reach a harvest that don't know Jesus. Mia back there has got to have a nap in a few minutes. Come on. So does, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Maverick. <laughs> so I don't know why. So does Maverick. I mean, it's already set. They're going to go down in a few minutes. Some of you, you're going to have it, believe it or not. You're just going to take it a little bit later. But we want to do everything with excellence. Let's go to the next one real quick. We are generous. Generosity is a privilege. We're generous with the resources God has given us. And that's one thing I appreciate about this house because we are, you are a generous group of people. But how are we going to get that done? Here's our purpose. I want to tell you something, church. I believe I've seen this with all my heart, all my life. I just wrote it down. My desire is to really see this city and region one for the Lord. And every church and every ministry and every person in it in revival. I want to see every person saved, every person healed. I want to see them delivered and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost because I believe believe it's the will of God. I believe it is His will. I believe it's His purpose. And how are we going to do that? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to preach this out like I thought I would right now because of time. And we're getting ready to baptize. Worship team is getting ready to come back into their place. But I want you to know how we're going to do it. We're going to do it by loving people. We're going to do it by equipping the believers. And we're going to do it by impacting our world. You need to, you need to grab. I, I'm, I just got to touch part of it. I'll probably pick it up back up next week. How many remembers the first verse that you ever remember remembering as a child? What was it? The Lord is my shepherd. That's cool. Nine times out of ten, it's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Go ahead and play. Three things I want you to know about this verse. I'm not going to elaborate. I might pick it back up next week. But here's the deal. The first thing God wants you to know. He said, I want you to know I love people. I love people. I love people of every color, of every walk of life. God wants you to know. I don't care what your life is. I don't care how messed up. I don't care what you've done in your past, in your history. I've got news for you. God loves you. That's what He wants you to know through that whole passage. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're loved. God loves you so much. Here's the second thing God wants you to know. He wants you to know how much He loves you. You want to know how loved you are? That He was willing to give His only begotten Son for you. To lay down His life. To go through everything He did for just you. I got news for you. Every one of us will use this Christianese and sometime religion. Love you, brother. I love you, sister. Well, how much do you love me? 
How much do you love me? How much do I love you? You know, I got, I love my kids. I'll fight for those guys. I'll die for those guys. But I don't know that I'll give them up for you. I don't think I'd give them up for you. I love you. But Miss Sherry, I don't think I could. And you know the reality is? You wouldn't give yours for me either. But God said, I loved you so much that you were in a spot that nobody could change and you were going to die without hope and you were going to perish. But he said, I gave my son to take your place so that you could live. So he loves us. How much he loves us. And this is the why he loves us. All in that same verse. So that you will not perish. You know what the reality of that verse is? Most of us think that he's just saving me to keep me out of hell. May I tell you hell was the last thing on his mind at that moment? That was not why he saved you. He saved you to restore you to be what he always designed you to be. So that you could be that righteous whole. Excellent, perfect son or daughter of his. That he would look at you where the enemy were sin and everything else has ripped you and rattled you. That none of that would ever hold you from being what he intended you to be. And the only way to do that was through his great love. By giving his son so that he could redeem you back into rightful place before him. And yet, to look at you, you know, as a pastor, and I'm done, and you guys that are going to be baptized, I think I've got some ladies here today. Miss Vivian, go to that door. If you're here to be baptized, please follow her. She's going to take you out. Jack, if you're not ready, go ahead and get ready. I'll be back there in just a moment. I want you to think about this for, for just a moment. As a pastor, a lot of times I find that when people come to me with their problems and they may want us to counsel them or whatever, many times I lose those people later. Because once they bear their heart to us and their soul to us, they got this idea that that's how we see them. Even though they walk out that door and we really never think about it. Bottom line, do we never think about it. But they can't get past it. It's not an issue with us. It's not an issue with me and Diane. It's really not an issue. It's that they continue to see themselves in that place of failure or defeat. But when Jesus was given everything that the Father does for us is not through the eyes of our failure, but it's through that precious blood. The perfection that was taken care of in His Son. So that when He sees us, He sees us as the one that stands with Him, that came before Him and said, I, I finished my course. I finished on the cross what You sent me to do. So that now we stand righteous and whole and even in a place of perfection as the Son, as Jesus. I want you to know your love this morning. 
And we're going to do that by doing that very same thing. That Jesus gave it all for us. You talked about that a while ago, about that baby. Seeing God wants us to know He loves us. He loves us. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing at Christ Church. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of every individual here. Not only with us, but those that are yet to come. God, I give you praise. I thank you. I thank you.